As you know, we're in a series that's titled... Okay, we're going to do that one more time. Give me a little more umph. And those of you online, I want you to type it in the comment box. You ready? We're in the middle of a series titled... That was better. I heard your voice there, Alexandra. Juicy fruit. Yeah. We're in Juicy Fruit, and we've been talking throughout this series about the vine and being connected to the vine. And today, we're actually going to begin talking about the fruit. Now, I was very purposeful when I got dressed today. Very, very purposeful. Okay? I had on my banana mask. I'm not sure if you can tell on the camera, but I am wearing my banana shirt. And I'm actually also wearing banana socks, okay? And the reason that I'm wearing all this banana attire is not because I look up to Mr. Banana Split over, I love, I love Mr. Banana Split. If you're in our kids' ministry, you know Mr. Banana Split rocks it, and his friend Pedro is amazing as well. But the reason I wore it is because today we're going to begin talking about the first portion of the fruit of the Spirit, and that is love. And can I tell you something? Without love, the world is going bananas. Can you agree with me on that one? Our world is going bananas, and it's because of lack of love. It does slip on the peel. Good. Man, you're full of them today there, Javi. Good job, man. That was awesome. You're slipping on the peel. It's like Mario Kart. You know, you ever played Mario Kart, and they throw you the banana peel, and the car just whew, speeds off to the side? Man, we're living in a world that's going bananas, and it's because of the lack of love. As a matter of fact, the scripture even says that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. El amor de muchos se enfriaría. That's what it says in the scripture. But we need love. And we're going to read it, and I want you to go to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read several scriptures today, but we're going to start in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. You're going to memorize this by the end of this series because we read it every single week and we're going to read it again. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. If you can put the big image for me again, the mango, the, the, the big old mango. We, we, we had this design this way for a reason. If you read it on the verse, it says the fruit of the Spirit is. It's not the fruit of the Spirit are, or the fruits of the Spirit are. It is the fruit of the Spirit is. It is one fruit which is segmented into different manifestations but it's all one fruit. And God didn't make a mistake starting it out with love because love is the juice which goes through the rest of the fruit. Love is the one that holds it all together. When we talk about love, we are talking about God because the Bible says that God is love. Love is that first because it is the key to the rest of the fruit. It is the key. Love is also the first one because this love is initially directed towards God. Can I tell you something about love? As humans, we know not unconditional love until we come to Christ. Some of you may be like, oh, no, that's not wrong. When my child was born, I loved them unconditionally. No, I've seen many a parent and many a grandparent still put conditions on their love to their children or grandchildren. And I, I'll even prove it to you. When you bring up to them the fact of how much you love them is why you got them this or went through this sacrifice or went through the other, that's a condition. You are telling them, I did this and because of this, you should do that. That has a condition, doesn't it? 
by very definition. The only way to know unconditional love, it is the love that God deposits as a gift into every single one of us the minute we ask Jesus to become our Lord and Savior. As a matter of fact, if you ever see someone and talk to them, the minute after they fully surrender to God, for real, they are immediately filled with a love that they did not experience or know before because the love that comes through the fruit of the Spirit is a love that is directed towards God and then goes out to everyone else. We do not know how to love as humans unconditionally. But the love of God has no condition. This love that we're talking about, it's not a personal achievement. It is something that happens supernaturally as a work of the Holy Spirit. It's the gift that God, and I want to tell you this, it is the secret to the victorious, fruitful life of a Christian. Notice that. It is the secret to the victorious, fruitful life of a Christian. Without it, there is no fruit. Without it, there is no victory. The Bible actually says in Romans chapter 13, verse 10, that love fulfills the law. Now, we're under the dispensation of grace, and we thank God for that. We don't have to adhere to the law. But actually, we fulfill the law because of love and through love. And God created us because of his love for us and so that we would love him. That's why the scripture says that we love God because he first loved us. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the nature of love. We're going to talk a little bit about the nature of love. And that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Can you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13? How many of you have read at one point in time 1 Corinthians chapter 13? How many have been to a wedding and they read it at a wedding? All right? It's like read at every single Christian wedding. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But can I tell you that it's more than a wedding verse or a wedding chapter? 1 Corinthians chapter 13 shows us the nature of love. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 4. It says, Love suffers long and is kind. Suffers long means that it's patient. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It's not arrogant. Love suffers long. That's what I just said. Kind, not envy does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. When you love in this love that God gives us, you don't celebrate somebody else's problems. See, as humans... Especially if somebody hurt us and then they have a problem, we're like, that's what you get. And you almost rejoice a little bit. That's not love. That's not God's love. We've heard people say, you know, they got what was coming to them. That's not God's love, guys. In today's society, especially, we'll say things like, well, that's karma. Well, that's why we don't believe in karma. We believe in loving people. We do believe in sowing seeds and reaping, and the person might be reaping the harvest of a bad seed. That's different than what people can note as karma. We do not rejoice as believers when somebody enters a difficulty or someone has a problem. 
but we rejoice in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. It endures all things. Now, Jesus commanded us to love God in four dimensions. Everybody say that this morning with me, four dimensions. Okay, Jesus commanded us to love God in four dimensions. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Luke 10, 27, it'll come up on the screen. It says this, so he answered and said, you shall love your God, the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, referring to God specifically, you'll notice it says there are four things. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. Let's break those four dimensions down. The first one is with all your heart. That means your emotions. Have you ever watched a parent watch their kid do something for the first time? And we celebrate it and rejoice like, we were like crazy, right? Like you watch your, your kid play soccer for the first time or play baseball or play football or whatever. And if they're playing soccer, they go and they, and they, 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 they you see this little four-year-old, five-year-old, whatever the case might be, doesn't even, they get up there, they wind up, they kick with all their might and the ball goes like three feet and you're like, yeah, he hit the ball, you know? Our babies figure out how to take the pacifier off and put it back in their mouth and we like take pictures, video, and Instagram it. Whoa, it's amazing. Look what they can do. They're only three months old. They already have this thing. Like we, we, it's an emotion thing. That's how we're supposed to love God. With all of our emotion. With all your soul connotes your will or your willpower. You may not feel like doing it because there's circumstances or problem, but your will says, I will love God with all of myself. With all of your strength refers to your body. Worship God with all of who you are. Your hands, your feet, your arms, all of you. Worship God with your entire body. And the fourth dimension of it, with all of your mind. And, and, and that means your mental faculties. And let me break that down a little bit. You need to worship God and love God with your thought process with your imagination, with every part of what goes through your mind, it needs to love God. And this isn't a human thing, guys. This is the Holy Spirit directing the fleshly man into a supernatural love unto God. Let me say that one more time. It is the Holy Spirit directing the natural man into the supernatural love that God can give us. It's what it is. See, as the natural, we don't know how to love, but with God, there is love. The Bible actually says in 1 John 4, 8, that if you do not love, you do not know God because God is love. 1 John 4, 8. No love? You don't know God. Why? Because only can you truly love unconditional with God in our heart. It's the only way. It's the only way. Think, next thing I want you to jot down there is this. Jesus told us that complete love is required. Complete love is required. Look what the Bible says in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. It's the same verse we just read in Luke, but in a different, uh, in a different um, gospel. It says, and you shall love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So how does it boil down? Complete love. It is required. It is commanded. Love God and love people. Love God and love people. There's no caveat there. Love them when they're good to you. Love them if they're nice. Love them if they're the same race as you. Love them if they're from the same country as you. Love them in, no, there's no caveats. Love God, love people. Matter of fact, there's a song right now uh, by, is it Goki? Yeah, that says, love God and love people. Love God and love people. And that's what we need to do. Love God and love people. Say that with me this morning. And if you're online, I want you to type it in the comment box. Love God, love people. One more time, all together. Love God, love people. That's what the Bible says to do. There is no caveat. There is no stipulations on when you love. You love everybody. Oh, but you don't know what they did to me. You love them anyway. Oh, but they're this. You love them anyway. Oh, but they said that. You love them anyway. You love God and you love people. Here's another thing that Jesus told us. Jesus demands from us reciprocal love reciprocal love if you remember when you did math some of you recently some of you a long time ago we had to find the reciprocal that that matched and made it whole right so look at john 15 verse 12 what jesus said in john 15 12 this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. The commandment, love people how I have loved you. See, if I give Sergio right now 10 bucks, and I say, hey, Sergio, here's 10 bucks, go ahead and pass it down to Lorenzo, and you make change and keep one and give him nine, you didn't do it fully. So Jesus says, love people how I love you. Don't make your own definition. Don't keep a little bit. You love everybody. Fully the same exact way that I have loved you. The whole. He commands it to be reciprocal. Here, I want you to jot this down now. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah, make sure I, I make myself little notes, and I want to make sure I didn't miss that one because that, that was, was an important one there. Here's the next one. I want you to jot this down. Love is the proof of discipleship. Love is the proof, the evidence of discipleship. Look what Jesus said in John 13:35. John 13:35. Jesus said this: "By this, all will know." that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples. How do you know that someone's a disciple of Christ, a disciple of Jesus? Love. No love, you're in a disciple there. As a matter of fact, can I tell you something? If every Christian did this, we'd win the world for Christ. 
But how many times haven't you talked to somebody and they tell you, oh, I don't want to go to a church. It's a bunch of hypocrites that are there. Oh, Christians, they got no love. Oh, I don't want this. I don't want that. They've had a bad experience with a so-called disciple of Christ. But if you and I purpose it within our hearts to flow, to stay connected to the vine, and I encourage you, if you haven't heard the previous sessions or the previous Sunday services, we've got the audio of the preaching alone on our Spotify, on our Apple iTunes page, thingamajig, whatever it's called, podcast. Thank you. Um, As you see, I'm not good at all that. But we have them on all those platforms so you can listen to it. But one of the things we've talked about every single week is the fact that God... He sowed Jesus. He is, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And the fruit is given off with the Holy Spirit, which is the sap flowing through the tree, flowing then through the branches, produces the fruit. And love is the first portion of the fruit. How do you have fruit production? By staying connected to the vine. No connection, no growth. No connection, no fruit production. So love is the proof of discipleship. And let me give you a couple of examples throughout scripture. And you can jot this down and read it later at home throughout this week. But in the book of Genesis, specifically chapter 45, we get to the end of the story of somebody by the name of Joseph. Many of you perhaps have heard about Joseph and maybe you haven't. Well, you've got some homework, you can read about it. But Joseph was one of the 12 sons of Jacob. We have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. All right? Joseph was one of his 12 sons. Joseph had a dream, and not like from Rapunzel, I have a dream, I have a dream. You know what I'm talking about? You're a dad of girls. You know what I'm talking about. My girls have been watching Rapunzel like nonstop for the last three months. I have a dream, I have a dream. Okay, never mind. All right. He had this dream. And he told his brothers about it, and they got jealous and upset. Then he told his parents about it. And his brothers got so mad at him that they they got him and they threw him in a pit. They were going to kill him. And one of them was like, don't kill him. Let's at least sell him off so that we can make some gain out of it. So they sell him off. Then he gets somewhere else, and he's sold again. He changes hands again to Potiphar. He's there going in Potiphar's house, and all of a sudden he gets accused by Potiphar's wife of trying to do something wrong to her, and, 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 and then they, he gets thrown in jail. In jail, he again begins to excel, and he puts, gets put in charge of the prison, and then they forget about him, and then finally, Pharaoh has a dream. They remember Joseph. Joseph interprets the dream, and he becomes the second in command of all of Egypt, and he tells them what the dream was, and we get to chapter 45. Chapter 45 Joseph's dad has died. All of his family is living there in Goshen with him. And they come to him, all his brothers, the ones that sold him, they come to him and they're like, Joseph, our father is now dead, but he wanted you to love us anyway. And Joseph looks at them and he says, you know what? You guys all meant this for evil, but God meant it for good for the saving of many people. Watch, this is what Joseph did. Joseph didn't use, look at his brothers and be like, y'all did this to me then, now that dad is dead, cuidado, preparate, the fire's on the way, right? I'm coming back with a vengeance. I'm digging 10 more pits to throw all you brothers in there. I said 10 because they were 12 and Benjamin was his little brother, so he's not one of the ones that sold them. 
He liked Benjamin. If you know, read even the story, he gave Benjamin double portion, double clothes, double things, because he was from the same mom and dad. It's a whole different little thing there. That's not what Joseph did. See, Joseph loved them even though they meant to hurt him. And I ask you this question. Can you love people who purposely tried to hurt you? That's hard, but that's what God's unconditional love is. We choose how to look at circumstances. You know, yesterday I, I had to make a choice. I had to go pick something up at 12. And I, it was close enough to my house that I was going to go walking. And so I got everything ready and I started walking. And when I was about a block or two blocks out of my house, I realized something. Anybody want to try to guess what I realized? No, I, I would have realized that a lot sooner, not a block and a half away. I realized I didn't take a mask. And I was like, guess I'm working out more. <laughs> I didn't keep walking because I was like, well, what if they don't have extra masks, right? Like if you got here today and didn't have your mask, we gave you one at the entrance. And some places have that, but not every place does. So I was like, ah, oh, I got to turn around and walk back. And then I got to turn around and walk again. So I did it. I turned around. I was actually listening to my Bible reading on, on, on my AirPods. I turned around. I start walking back. I get back inside the house. I open the door. I take off the alarm. I go get my mask. And I realized something at that point. I actually had a missed call and a voicemail. And I get it. And I listen to this voicemail. And it was from the place where I was walking to telling me that what I was supposed to pick up was not ready. And I needed to go several hours later. I told the lady on the phone, thank God I forgot my mask. I could have chosen to be like, unbelievable, unacceptable. I made this. I said it was going to be there. How is it not going to be ready? I was like, God, thank you. I mean, I had actually set my mask aside to take it with me, and I forgot it. Thank you, God, that I forgot my mask. Saved me about a mile and a half walk. And that's love that's permeating. You can choose to walk in love or not walk in love. We can choose to say something in love or say something not in love. But if you're connected to the vine and the Holy Spirit is flowing with, through you, we're going to walk in that love. Here's another example of love in the scripture in the New Testament, the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 10, again, you can read it later, we hear the parable of the Good Samaritan. Who's heard about the Good Samaritan? So Jesus tells the people about love, and then they're like, well, who's my neighbor? And it's not Mr. Rogers. Who's my neighbor? And Jesus says, let me tell you a story. There's a man who's walking down the road, and as he's walking down the road, thieves come and steal from him and beat him down and leave him on the side of the road. Somebody comes by who is a Levite and walks on the other side. A, a, a priest walks by and ignores him, walks on the other side. And a Samaritan walks by, sees him, picks him up, cleanses him, takes him to an inn or a hotel and pays for his stay and says, hey, take care of him. And when I come back through town, if he owes you any more money, I'll pay for it. Then Jesus says to the people, which one of these showed love to a neighbor? Which one of these showed love? And they looked, and this was the answer they gave. The answer they gave was, the one who showed love. 
Love is shown, not just said. Love is shown, not just said. How many people have told you they love you while they machete you in the back? And pass the hand saying, don't feel it, I still love you. I'm being real. Is that all right with you guys? We're being transparent. But God's love, the love that Jesus commands us to walk in, that reciprocal love that we're supposed to give, is love in spite of circumstance, in spite of problem, in spite of whatever the person did to you. You still love them. Can I, can I give you the biggest thing that we need to understand? Jesus loved us even though my sin nailed him to a cross. I want you to think about that for a second. It was our sin that nailed Jesus to the cross, but he loved us anyway. That's the same love we need to show. You hurt me, but I still love you. And I go out of my way to serve you and help you and bless you. Why do you do that? Because the love of God is flowing through us. Knowing that God's the one that's going to repay us. God's the one that's going to take care of us. After all, he's got us in the palm of his hands. I want you to jot this down. This love that I'm talking about, this love is powerful. This love is powerful. Love is the supreme manifestation of the Spirit. It makes us triumphant Christians. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, that perfect love casts out fear. For fear brings torment. And I'm not talking about that something happened and it startled you. You went into the shower and there was a lizard and you screamed. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fear that brings this torment, this constant fear of this person's going to push me to the side or, or leave me or I'm not going to make it to heaven or this is coming, this, this constant terror and uneasiness of fear. God's perfect love pushes all that fear to the side, out of you. This love is powerful. Love, as I said earlier, is the juice that is flowing through the whole fruit. And this fruit is listed as one fruit. Again, can you put the big mango up again? It's listed as one fruit. Why? Because love is one part of the whole thing. And love flows through every single one of the things. Love flows through joy. Love flows through peace, through patience. Love flows through every single one of the rest of what makes the fruit. Truth is, no love, no joy. Truth is, no love, no peace. Truth is, no love, no patience. <laughs> no kindness. No love, no goodness. No love, no faithfulness. No love, no gentleness. And hey, no love, there ain't no way you're walking in self-control. 
Love is first because it flows through the whole fruit. And love, it's what makes the fruit really, really juicy. Come on, go ahead and stand to your feet. their heads and close their eyes this morning. See, because perhaps you this morning, whether you're here in the building or watching online or listening to this as a podcast, perhaps you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, which is why you've always found this so difficult to actually walk in love because you haven't received it. You haven't claimed it. And what does the Bible says? It says that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God says that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. See, that's what brings that love into us the minute that salvation comes. And so if today you're there and you say, I want, I want God, I want Jesus to live inside my heart, or perhaps you walked away and today you want to get right with God. I want you to just simply say this. Say, God, I'm a sinner and on my own, I cannot get to you. But I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin, of my unrighteousness. And today... I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart, write my name in the book of life, and from now on, God, I'm yours, and you are mine, in Jesus' name, amen. So if you did that for the first time today, supernaturally, you instantly begin to experience this love that you didn't understand, this love that knows no knowledge that is uncomprehendable. Immediately you begin to experience a joy and a peace. Immediately you begin to be able to exhibit a kindness and a gentleness that you couldn't before because the love that you did not know is now inside of you. And Father, I ask you this morning as we continue to grow in you, Father, help us to walk in this love, to show it reciprocally to those that we encounter. The same love that we receive from you, Father, that we may show it to others. Father, that we may love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our body. Father, that we may love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Father, that we may love you and love others. Father, that people will see us and know that we are truly Jesus' disciple. In our measure of love, in Jesus' name, amen and amen.